if the purge is real and I have to operate within those confines and worry about the fact that, yes, if I break into the mall, the neon gang from Batman Forever is going to be there, so I can't go there. They are definitely like a purge gang. Yes. Hello, welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week, we are going to be answering listener questions from you all out there. Thank you so much for sending us your questions in the Guide to the Unknown Secret Society group on Facebook and on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash gttupod. Yeah, it's been a little while since we've done this. I know that we we talked listener questions a while back. I think it was at least a year ago, if not more. I think it's good to have these spaced out. Oh, I do too. I'm not like, oh, I can't believe it's only once a year or whatever. But it has been a long time. It's been a long time, and I'm very happy to be back here. Me too. It's fun. You guys have fun, interesting ideas. Yeah. They're always cool things to play off of. We also like being surprised by things, which is tricky when it's just the two of us. Right. So uh, Kristen's curated the list of questions. I have not seen a single one. To say curated is not really accurate because I put up posts asking for questions. And I haven't really looked at them since. Okay. I kind of skimmed them as they were coming in. I would like some people's questions, but I wanted us to equally be going in fresh. Right. So um, curated isn't quite right. Asked for, but I haven't like gone through okay. them. Okay. So, so that way they're somewhat them. new to you as well. They are. I'm going to read them as they as they came in, basically. Okay. And uh, to uh, also follow that up, if you have a question of your own that you'd like for us to answer, still send that in. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? I will say off We're not going to get to everything. We're not. So that's what I was about to say. Off the bat, I'm going to tell you that if you ask us a question and you don't hear us talk about it in this episode, you can expect that there is going to be another batch because we awesomely and like I was very pleasantly surprised we got a lot of questions. So I'm anticipating having this be a multi-part series. Right. Yeah. Which I'm more than happy to do. Same. Same. All right, so let's get into it. We are going to start off with a couple of questions from Caitlin. Okay. Let's start here. If all of horror's famous final girls united for a new slasher movie, who would be the final final girl? Laurie Strode, Nancy Thompson, Sally Hardesty, Alice Hardy, et cetera, et cetera. So we can insert our own in here. Okay. Who we think would be the final final girl. That's interesting. Can you read that list of people again? I will. Laurie Strode, Nancy Thompson. From uh, Nightmare. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Sally Hardesty. Texas Chainsaw. Alice Hardy. Friday the 13th. Yeah. Um, Off the top, I got to tell you, not even just because she tops this list, I think Laurie Strode is kind of the ultimate, ultimate. I agree with you. Let's, Let's consider this. Yes, I know. Because first I thought... Well, first I thought Laurie Strode. Right. Then my mind obviously goes, because I'm a scream nerd, well, what about Sidney Prescott? I can't help but picture Laurie Strode, even though they kind of undo it in the canon, chopping off Michael Myers' head. I know, it's pretty badass. That's really badass. She will go for it. Sydney has also had to use violence and fight people off, but I feel like Laurie Strode, at a certain point, has had it. And is going to do what needs to be done. I'll tell you what. I think I've got it. I think I've got it. So Laurie Strode has different incarnations because she chopped off Michael Myers' head in Halloween H2O, which has since been retconned out of continuity. Yes, true. Due to Halloween 2018, where she runs a jigsaw's house of death. Yes. With booby traps and... A gun shooting range and... Yeah, and, you know, like a a secret compartment. Right. It's a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. 
Sydney Prescott. Mm-hmm. Let's let me okay. In Scream, she kills Billy. Yes. By stabbing him in the chest with the umbrella, and then she shoots him in the head with a gun. Mm-hmm. She crushes Stu to death with a television set. Right. In Scream Two, to death. To death. Does she? Oh, I hope so. I think so, but I'm just <laughs> saying. Yeah, there's there's minor minor chatter that like maybe Stu isn't dead. Maybe he could be coming back in Scream Five. I don't think so. I love I Matthew feel, Lillard. I love. I'd be happy for it to happen because I'm curious. Me too, but it would just yeah, feels it would be like it so would defy. Weird. It yeah. does defy. I think Stu is dead, but I was just having a little fun. It, do, it does defy. <laughs> it, it does defy. In <laughs> um, Scream Two, she and Gail kill Mickey together. Mm-hmm. By shooting guns. She coldly puts another bullet in Mrs. Loomis's head, even though she's dead, just in case. Just in case. Uh, so she didn't kill her. So we'll count three. I mean, to take kills. nothing away from her, I feel that Laurie Strode, I have to be totally honest, I kind of forgot about 2018 Laurie Strode when I said uh, that. Yeah. I still might feel the same way, but I wasn't even thinking about that. I feel that Laurie Strode at a certain point has a berserker quality to her that I sure. think would have her blasting through any circumstances that are coming her way. But I also think Sydney has dispatched many a bad guy. I so that is to say fact, nothing against her. Yeah. So, and then she doesn't kill Roman in Scream 3. Mm-hmm. Dewey kills Roman. Mm-hmm. In Scream 4, she kills her own cousin and then says, I don't know about you, but I feel a whole lot better. <laughs> Which is... I don't feel the same way about Rough. that line as you do. I know, you I know don't. we've I would say I, we won't so go weird. into it. Right. Yeah. But so she's killed four people. Yes. And she has survived four major attacks. Yes. Sally Hardesty from Texas Chainsaw survived that movie but didn't get a body counter fight back right. at all. Right. Alice killed Pamela Voorhees, mm-hmm. which is badass. I do really like her. She is badass. But yeah. there's something about just the numbers game of like the likelihood right. of somebody being the final, final girl. I guess I'm looking at numbers right. and brutality to a degree. Which is why which is why I think it has to come down between Laurie Strode and Sydney Prescott. Exactly. I'm gonna say Sydney, she has survived four ghost face murder sprees Mm -hmm. and killed four people. (laughs) I know. She's very wily. And I guess, let me think about this. Really, what am I basing my Laurie Strode thing on? I am mainly basing my Laurie Strode thing on the events of Halloween H2O because I like that she is just like... She's so good in that movie. Throwing down. But numbers-wise, Sydney has the equal amount of moxie, I would say, plus the numbers. Right. She doesn't quite have the hardcore, I'm going to kill you thing. Although in Scream 2, she goes, there's one other thing you're forgetting about Billy Loomis. I I, fudging killed him. Yes, which is so sweet. God, I love Sydney. (laughs) Can we just redo our commentary tracks? Yes. Do them again? Yes. Um, Yeah, I'm going with Sydney. After reflection, I am also going Sydney. Okay. Yeah, Laurie Strode... Depending on continuity, there are three different continuities for her at least. Three main continuities. I think for this, we can just have fun and think about all the continuities. All of them together? She's she's done it all? I I don't see why not. Then she's kind of hypothetical. She's been in five Michael Myers attacks and been killed in one of them. Right. Right. So So that's a knock. Yeah, that's a knock. That's a knock. (laughs) All right. Yeah, Sydney. Sydney. I am also going Sydney for this, yes. But it was close. All right, this is an interesting question. Caitlin said, 
Also, I know you don't really like it, but if Pennywise would have come for you when come for you when you were eleven, what form would he have taken? Oh, right. So in it, yeah, he tends he, to embody things that scare you mm-hmm, or like mentally bother you a lot. Yeah, things that weigh on your mind. But that's weird because, like in it, chapter two. Granted, I'm thinking about the most recent movie. He becomes right. a nude old woman. I know. Is that was something that? that was like really living in the regular consciousness of that kid? Yeah, was Beverly Marsh thinking? About oh yeah, that, that right. As she was an adult, right? Adult Beverly yeah, yeah, Marsh yeah. thinking about how scary it would be if a stranger got nude around you. And yeah, I know. I, <laughs> turned into I, a I feel Pennywise monster. kind of went off off script a little bit. Yeah, there was like I'll just be something scary and unsettling. Yeah, I'm just gonna do something weird. Mm-hmm. But it yeah, it's Paul usually Paul Bunyan for. Uh, Wait, so for Bill Hader, he becomes Paul Bunyan. Yeah, I guess Pennywise. So am I? Am Does he I become incor- a fear? I'm about to say, am I incorrect then? Because maybe the movie isn't the problem. Maybe I'm the problem. Maybe he doesn't always. Yeah, maybe he doesn't always become your specific fear. Because think about it. Like when he, I can't remember who he's interacting with in the book, but when he turns into like a werewolf wearing a Letterman jacket, that's probably not that kid's specific fear, right? Right. So yeah, I guess maybe he, he just turns into a scary thing. Stuff. What would scare you? I, I think is this is sort of the Boggart notion, but it's not personal. I J- know. Just what would scare you? I know. When I was for me, it would be really anything. But to say when I was eleven, when I was thinking it was Boggart, I was like kids making fun of me. If oh. he turned into like a kid making fun of me, that would have worked like gangbusters. Uh, but for just a thing scaring me, God, yeah, like anything. Uh. At that point, a little bit more clowns, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So himself. <laughs> yeah. So he yeah, wouldn't right. shapeshift at all. Honestly, yeah. Honestly, yes. It would just be Pennywise. Yes. Okay. He could just come for me. I think that counts. Yeah. Yeah. He could do that thing that uh, Bill Skarsgård did in the later movie where he's like, blah, 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 coming. Yeah. That would have really scared yeah, me. Wobbly run. Yep. Um, for me, I think it would be end up being some sort of a a parental type figure not not mm-hmm. literally our parents right but like, but like a stern a stern adult person. who's supposedly in some place of power over yeah me. i you know i'm in my mid-30s now i i'm i'm, I'm gonna have a daughter yeah like i'm the parent right or soon to be right so it's i will never respect you as such that's fine yeah that's fine as it should be mm-hmm. but like there, i i'm reaching the end of having People Being that I answer to, yeah, right. There's, yeah, right. Who, who do I? I Not have a boss. Many. Boss, mom. Yeah, I would answer to mom. Yeah, I, I'm. She doesn't put me in the position of needing to but i do still have stress dreams of being in a class where the teacher is yelling at me yeah all all of those things i think that pennywise would put me in one of uh those stress dream nightmare scenarios of like you know it's first day of school i don't know where my classroom is Mm -hmm. nobody's nice to me it's it's that thing which is a very new kid kind of True. nightmare we moved a couple of times as kids and i wonder if that is why that scenario plays in my mind because i did go to new schools and didn't right. know where I was going. Oh, God. The, so the, that nightmare already happened to me then. Yeah, so you've conquered it. I've already lived that. Well, did I? <laughs> I it seems like you're here. I guess. You made it to yeah. where you needed to go in the school. Do you know and you we've got out. survived literally everything that's ever happened to us? I know. You out there listening, you've survived literally everything that's been thrown at you. I know. Pretty cool. That's very nice. Way to go. It's an uplifting thought. 
Okay, this is something, William, I'm going to need your help with. Sure. This is something a little bit research-based. Hayden says, can we get an update on the states that listen most or the most downloaded episode? Ooh, yes. Let's take a look at this. I'm curious. I haven't looked at this in a long time. And somebody actually, it may have been Hayden, it may have been somebody else, made a separate post in the group not that long ago saying like, hey, can we get an update on Alaska? Are they still like, oh, not that's into right. you guys? Because at a certain point, Alaska was um, the state that listened to us least. And so we did an, an episode about Alaska to pander to them. That's funny. Yeah, we can definitely, I, I'd be very curious to see this myself. Let's check it out. So I'm going to run our all-time stats and let's take a look at the map here. So we're going to go by United States, yeah? Uh-huh, yep. Okay. Um, all right. All right, so it's currently loading. Right, it's Do you a- have any guesses? I, the state know, that listens to us the most? I would have just probably picked like a Nebraska. The most? Oh, not most. Not most. Okay. I'm sorry. Not most. We're looking for the most. California, New York. Same. Yeah. Yes. That's um, traditionally what it's been. Yeah. Least would, I would have said Nebraska, which mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to literally give away our numbers. You don't have to give away the number. Just say, um, oh, is it? Oh, I thought it was on the screen for a second. You know no, saying? just say what's the most. And then let's say what's the least for fun. The most appears to be the most by a hair mm, yeah, look is at that. New York. The major cities seem to uh, like Guides to the Unknown. Yeah, our our um, software parses it out by city, not state. Yep. So California, I think, is technically in the lead because there are different, you know, yes, major cities that are within California. But New York City just barely ekes out L.A. for our our top lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, some power players in there. Yeah, nice. And um, then we have uh, Chicago and Dallas. Chicago and Dallas. Yeah, our top five cities, New York, L.A., Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta. Cool. That's um, awesome. Our lowest cities. Yeah, let's find out. Oh, wow. Ooh. Okay. Two listens in Al- Alpina. Where is know. that? I don't even, I wish they would throw a state. Yeah, me too. All right, hang on. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, where is Alpina? Juneau, Alaska, I can tell you, has (laughs) – we've only got 13 listens in Juneau, Alaska (laughs) ever over the course of three years. Michigan. Alpina is in Michigan. Michigan. Okay. Yes. So not great. Not great. So that to answer your question, Hayden, our least listened – or how is it phrased? Um, The state that listens – Oh, you asked for most. That is California. The least you didn't ask about, but we're giving to you is Michigan, I guess. And what is our most downloaded episode? I want to see that. Let me just stay on states for a quick moment. Okay. Because Alaska is no longer the state that's listened to us the least. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe our Alaska episode fixed that. Our new least, from what I can tell at a quick glance, I have not looked at this in a while. North Dakota is pretty low. Delaware is pretty bad. Oh, come on. Our new low, I'm in Delaware. I think, with just a few hundred listens, Wyoming. I think we're going to have to cover Wyoming folklore soon and see if we can get this number up. All right, let's see what we can do. Wyoming is the new... Is the new Alaska. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> Wyoming is the new Alaska. That is what they say, huh? <laughs> Wyoming is the new Alaska. Um, all right. Our lowest episode. Or no, I think it was the most downloaded episode. Oh, most but we can we can episode? check out both. Okay. Uh the the easy most downloaded episode is Guide to the Unknown One. Mm-hmm. Everybody seems to try to start at the the yeah. beginning if they're going back through the catalog. That makes sense. But to ignore that and try to jump somewhere uh, uh less predictable mm-hmm. 
episode 146, Haunted huh. Amusement Parks. Hmm, is, okay. uh, seems to be a crowd pleaser. A lot of people have flocked to that one. Huh, Our I'm top surprised. five most uh, listened to episodes are uh, ignoring the beginning of our catalog because I just think that's a cheat. People try it and maybe they don't stick with sure, us, but the sure. ones that people flock to. The top five are episode 146, Haunted Amusement Parks. Episode 150, Scary Stories from Listeners Like You, which that's great to know. We that's could do nice. more listener stories. I guess yes. people enjoy that. Yeah. Episode 149, wow. Spirits of Somerset County, which is actually one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Episode 148, Rituals and Games. And episode 151, Slasher History. All recent ones, which might also uh, be right. skew in the numbers. Right, exactly. Maybe people are, are checking those out first. Yeah, maybe they're coming to later stuff too. But awesome. that is where the numbers sit. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for asking, Hayden, because this was instructional for me as well. Yes. Very cool. All right, now let's jump over to a question from Lindsay. What's the most convincing piece of paranormal evidence or story you have read slash seen slash experienced? Mm. I know Will's not a believer, but I'm curious if there's anything that made him question it. I do have a story that I've told before. Mm -hmm. Is there anything Tell that springs again. to mind for you? For me, it really is when I went to that tarot card reader slash psychic in Reading, Connecticut, mm, yeah. and they said, who's Richard Roberts? Right. I had just walked in off the street. It's not like I made an appointment and they could Google me or anything like that. That is so weird. That is weird. It's yeah. unbelievably weird to me. Yeah. It's to our, say our out of nowhere. Yeah, name. it's our father's name. We weren't even talking about him. We were talking about job stuff. Right. And then she went, do you have any other questions for me? And I was like, yeah, let's just let's wrap this up. Because I hadn't found it very illuminating, this tarot card reading I had. Actually, they weren't tarot cards, but it doesn't matter. And then she just went, who's Richard Robert? And I was like, blah! Yeah. It wasn't even on the table. Yeah. So that for me, when I am kind of thinking a little bit more critically and being like, you're so ridiculous that you even entertain this stuff, I go, but what about that time that lady said, who's Richard Robert to me? Yeah. That's insane. That is pretty wild. There's no explanation for it there's well, there i mean there are no nothing feasible to me right. i know that saying psychic stuff isn't feasible it's, it's but other it's, stuff that's complicated but Richard is it more complicated than how would that have commune with the other side i don't know to pull two names yeah that go perfectly together right two so, great names that go great together exactly so weird so for me that is the thing i go back to as like the most convincing thing i've ever experienced yeah My, mine is also something that i personally experienced i think uh, you know for a moment there i tried to really consider is there anything that i've ever seen you know in a video or heard or something that stood out to me as real but honestly not much comes to mind because i think it would be it would be very hard for me to see something in a video and treat it as real. Mm -hmm. And so that's why the only Same. thing I can you think of can't... is something that happened to me. Because it's yeah. the only thing that I can't prove or disprove or, or be, be skeptical, skeptical about. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, I know it happened to me. Right. It was shortly after our grandma died and I was just getting home from work and I was walking up to the front door and I very clearly – heard what sounded like somebody exhaling right next to my head. Mm -hmm. Just like a just a breathy sound. I, I can still hear it pretty clearly in my head as I remember it. Um, no idea what it was. No one near me. It, it was the middle of the night. And it really felt like it was not, you know, down the street or something. It felt like mm -hmm. it was into my ear. Right. 
So that's so the one weird. for me. It could still be obviously there. I mean, just like I was saying for you, like there is an explanation. If you want one, you can find an explanation to say why it's not real. But yeah. that to me was the 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 closest, the realest sort of unexplained. I don't know what that was, but I experienced it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay, so here is a question from Anne Marie. What do you personally find to be the scariest thing, person, entity, force of nature, circumstance, etc., from all of the horror movies slash shows slash games you've seen? For instance, are you more afraid of a crazed slasher with a knife, a ghost slash spirit, an intergenerational curse, a haunted house slash property, etc.? Out of all those things, what do you think is like the scariest thing? Yeah. You know, I um this is this is a very weird one. I, I talked about this recently, the movie Carnival of Souls. Mm-hmm. So there's a really interesting mechanism in that movie where the main character goes into a it it plays so much like a psychological problem. Yeah. Where just she starts to notice that suddenly, like you and I are speaking to each other right here just fine but then all of a sudden you wouldn't even know that i was in the room you know you don't look at me you don't talk to me and i'd be sitting here going Kristen, Mm -hmm. why why aren't you talking to me what's what's going on and the main character like will like run down the street and grab people by the shoulders and be like can you see me come on can't 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 you hear me and she's so like confused and it, it plays like a neurological issue almost of she is not interpreting the world correctly. Yeah. Maybe. And so she's trapped in a prison of an, of her own mind, maybe. I think it's something psychological. Mm-hmm. Something psychological like that where is it supernatural? Maybe. You know, in a cinematic language, I guess, yes. Mm-hmm. But it feels like the sort of thing that it you might – the reality would be that I'm sitting in a room – but I'm trapped in my own mind. Right. That Ugh. I think is the the thing that's the most frightening to me. It's got the most like emotional gut punch. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the, the version of your loved ones that your brain might create to talk to you. Right. That kind of thing I think is the scariest to me. Oh God. That's very, very sad. What about, what about you? Well, I guess I went a different direction. If I'm just thinking about like a thing that's scary and makes me viscerally be like, ah, it's something I've talked about before on the show. Anything huge, any whether it's Godzilla or it's some sort of like weather event, like in that movie I've never seen with Jake Gyllenhaal about. Oh, the day after tomorrow. Yeah, the day after tomorrow. Uh, Tornadoes, things like that that are like huge and they're coming and there's nothing that you can do about it. They're just these destructive forces that you can't just like take down. You can't give it an exorcism. Sure. You can't whatever. Those, while I'm watching the movie, I'm in it and I'm freaked out. They make me feel like claustrophobic and like, ah. You know the beginning of Independence Day when Will Smith looks out the windows and he sees that his neighbors are all packing their cars and yeah they're like getting ready to drive away to i don't know where yes it's is that sort of thing something yes. that would terrify you yes so does the global pandemic sort of trigger that at all um just a little bit not yeah. not quite as much if it, if it got crazier like i remember at the beginning of it people were talking and i'm sure some people have done this there were some people who um 
are like preppers or things like that who are like, see, we knew it. We're all going to have to like go underground. Right. We're going to have to be trading coffee as currency. Like it's a whole thing. If that had actually progressed that way, I don't think it's unique. I'm sure it'd freak everybody out. But yes, I would have been very, yeah. very, that would ping my anxiety like nobody's business. That the would world has out. changed. Yeah. Yeah. Irrev- irrevocably. Yeah. Or in like a humongous way. Like everything's completely different. Yeah. Yes. I get that. That freaks me out. So neither one of us went for, you know, Michael Myers. We both went for no. things that make us feel small. Yes. <laughs> yes. And powerless. Yeah. Yeah. It's just scary to me. It's just, yeah. It's scary. Freaks me out. All right, so let's jump over to some questions from our Patreon page because we haven't done that yet in this set. Sure. So this is a question from Sherry. This is a little bit, this is a fun one. We had said that the questions can be anything. They can be personal, they can be goofy, they can be whatever. Yeah, I love the party atmosphere of like, yeah, whatever just throw we, weird stuff at us. I don't, I don't care. Whatever it, you feel like talking about, let's yeah. talk about. Let's do it. Okay, so Sherry said, I'm always hungry, so I want to know what your favorite all-time meal is and all-time favorite candy slash uh, snack. And then there are a couple of follow-up questions. So let's start there. Yeah. All-time favorite meal and all-time favorite candy slash snack. Candy is going to be a Reese's Take Five. Mm-hmm. A little peanut butter, a little pretzel. Yep. Salty, yep. chocolatey. Mine, wonderful. mine is not so far away from that. And it is a, I think it's called, <laughs> I obviously don't have very often. I think it's called a Butterfinger Crunch or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It is basically- Crisp? Yeah, Butterfinger Crisp. It's basically a Kit Kat, but instead of whatever is between the layers of the wafers and a Kit Kat, it's like Butterfingery filling. So you right. get like the taste of a Butterfinger with the texture of a Kit Kat. That is my favorite candy. It's very good. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. What about meal? Favorite meal? Um, dumplings. Is it dumplings? I think it's dumplings. I love dumplings. What variety of dumplings? I'll have any of them. I like vegetable dumplings, steamed? chicken dumplings, steamed or fried. Really? Um, I love dum- soup dumplings. Soup dumpling. Yeah, soup dumpling. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love any kind of pocket food. I love dumplings. I love empanadas. Yeah. Uh, what else? Other things. That, uh, quesadilla. J- j- quesadilla. I love. I like them. I'm not obsessed. Okay. Jamaican beef patty. Um, I like pocket foods. So that's my favorite meal is just like a, a display of dumplings. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. How about you? Couldn't be easier. Mm. Couldn't be simpler. I'm a simple man. Yeah. I'm going to say buffalo chicken pizza. All right. Wonderful. That's a great answer. Wonderful. Okay. Now your favorite snack. That's oh, a little we, bit different. Oh, snack is right. Yeah. So middle of the day, yeah. you got to crunch a munch. You know what I what like? What are you going for? I, I, I'm recently on a kick. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? Yeah. You're prepared? I don't know if you are. I don't know. Is this a particularly healthy snack you have sometimes? No. Okay. What is uh, it? This is, it's, I, I'm just being weird. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I, I reacted like, like that because William has been known to eat just straight up, just a pile of steamed broccoli. Oh, I love broccoli. With nothing yeah. adorning it. I prefer. And I think that's great, but it's not for I me. prefer my vegetables to have nothing on them. Yeah, right. And they're wonderful. They're one, they're, they're, they come out of the ground. Perfect. <laughs> anyway. I, I like a trio of things. I like uh, goldfish crackers. Okay. Almonds. Okay. No salt. Yeah. Uh, and uh, cherry tomatoes. Together? Yeah, those three. Those three things in a, a little trio. So you put them all on a plate together? Uh-huh. Very nice. Uh-huh. That sounds great. Cherry tomatoes are self-contained. Yeah. Right? 
I love I love tomato, mm-hmm. but I think sliced tomato on See, a sandwich can sometimes just be slippy sliding. It is dicey. Uh-huh. I like cherry tomatoes. We can't. We, they, we don't have enough time to get into my feelings on tomatoes, but cherry ones, <laughs> the risk is much more lessened the risk yeah the risk of like disgustingness from a regular tomato you're a freak i know kristen's got fruit issues <laughs> i do yeah. major fruit issues um my current favorite snack it's funny to call it a snack i sometimes pair it with other things that might be more snacky but this is something that i love and i don't get it all the time because you can only i mean i'm sure you could get other places but like by us you can really only get it at whole foods they have pickled garlic cloves at whole foods they were at my house the other day i don't know if you had one i did not in a little in a little dish they are so delicious so sometimes i'm just walking by the fridge i grab myself a garlic clove i love them does it taste like garlic and pickles together it doesn't really taste like pickles per se, but it kind of, it's not like you're chomping on like a raw garlic clove where it'd be like really spicy kind right, of. Yeah. Um, it has a little bit of a pickly vinegary flavor. It kind of changes the texture of a raw garlic clove. So you could just, you can just eat it like that. It, they are so delicious. Interesting. I would mm-hmm. like to try that. Oh my God. They're so good. Whenever we go to Whole Foods, I make sure to stock up. Wonderful. Yeah. Good to know. Absolutely. Okay, so a follow-up question that was from Sherry is, what is our favorite episode of Seinfeld? Ooh. I know. This is a tough question. I'm not sure. The first thing I thought of just now, and I don't even know if it's a favorite, is a a thing from Seinfeld. I just automatically pictured, and honestly, it might be because you and I were just talking about the movie Cape Fear, but when um, Uncle Leo has to briefly be in prison for some reason or something, and he grabs a bar to do a pull-up, and his fingers have Hello, Jerry written on Jerry, them. Jerry, yeah. hello. Jerry, hello. Yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. That's uh, I think that is the same. He's sold Uncle Leo out. Oh, for Nana's checks? Or? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe for Nana's checks. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I I've got a, a in my head. I went to two places instantly. One was Manhands. Yep. Which uh, uh, I remember really liking a, a whole lot. And yes. the other is the Van Buren Boys. Ugh, the Van Buren Boys. Kramer is, so is accosted funny. in a pizzeria, and he's holding the assault shaker. So when he puts his hands up, he's only showing eight fingers. And Martin Van Buren oh, so was the funny. eighth president. And so that's their secret sign. Oh, God. Um, yeah. It's such a good show. That's a great show. I would like to also call out when um, George is dating that girl from Elaine's office who thinks he's like a badass yep. because Elaine doesn't want her to date him because he's like a loser and she thinks that he's just going to drag that girl down. And she takes it to mean he's some sort of rebel. <laughs> right. And so she's now going behind Elaine's back to date George. Yeah. As if he's a badass. Funny. I would also like to throw out the episode where George believes that the pact between man and animal has been broken because Mm -hmm. the deal is you run and the pigeons get out of your way. Right. But he runs and he stomps all over the pigeons. He's upset about it. It's great. We could do this for a long time. Seinfeld is the best show. It's wonderful. Uh, Okay. And then last of Sherry's questions in this group is she says, um, what is our favorite ride at Disney other than the Haunted Mansion? I know. I know. I, I, I was I was so prepared to say the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Got the rug got pulled out from under me. That's right. My answer is quite easy. Yes. Three-word answer. Pirates of Caribbean. I, I, I was with you until you said three-word. <laughs> that is I also four mine. words. Yes. Pirates of Caribbean. Pirates of Caribbean is both of our fa- second favorite rides at Disney. 
It's boss as hell. When Kristen and I were at Disney together a few years back, we would truly yeah. walk from Haunted Mansion to Pirates of the Caribbean, back to Haunted Mansion, back to Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep. Just keep going in a loop. It's all Low I need. and slow. Mm-hmm. You sit in a chair. <laughs> That's my speed. That's my kind of ride. I love it. It tells a little bit of a story. You can yep. interpret it along the way. Wonderful. It's and it's in the dark. Yeah, it's in the dark. You're just looking at a bunch of cool stuff while you're sitting there. Dark and slow. Yes, a Hell dark yeah. ride. Yeah, a dark ride. True I love it. I love stuff. a dark ride. Love it. All right, well, before we move on, I think that we should tell the people a little bit more about ourselves. Very well. Yeah, okay. we're not telling them enough about us. Yeah, yeah, right. You True. So, Guide to the Unknown comes out every Friday in any podcast app and on youtube.com slash talkbomb, where we release the unedited version of the show. So, you can watch us have these discussions, plus a little bit extra at the beginning and end of the show. Yeah. We also have a Patreon page that has lots of cool bonuses if you decide to donate to us and help support the show, keep it going, and kind of keep this community going. If you go to patreon.com slash gttupod and you donate $4 or more per month, you get a bonus podcast called The Netherworld Dispatch that nobody else gets that comes out monthly. You can join us uh, during a monthly live stream where we plan out the next month of shows and you can kind of see how... We plan out our shows and you'll know what's coming and you can even suggest topics to us. And there's also a Discord that's only for Patreon members, which is basically a modern day chat room where you can talk to other people who are into Guides to the Unknown about all kinds of different things. And it is very, very cool. Super fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a whole little uh, community around Guide to the Unknown, which is quite lovely. Yeah, it really is. And you can find all of that stuff if you go to gttupod.com. Yeah. 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 It's that very community that enables us to do an episode like this. It's correct. Which uh, sort of it's like. Correct. It's correct. Is correct. Pirates of Caribbean. It's correct. Thank God. Um, but breaking our own sort of format so that we can just sort of answer a wide spectrum of questions is yes. something that we can only do because there are people out there that enjoy this show and yeah. listen to it and are curious to hear our answers. Right. So thank you all so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You probably love coffee, and you definitely love the paranormal. So do we have a small business for you. Black Triangle Coffee specializes in small batch roasted coffees with a love and appreciation for UFOs, UFO lore, the bizarre, and the unknown. Let them share strange stories and good coffee with you. Black Triangle Coffee roasts Ethiopian Misty Valley Yurgachev, Mexican Chiapas, Costa Rican and Sumatran coffee beans to create their blends and specialty flavors. And Black Triangle Coffee is run by husband and wife team Andrew and Ashley Lowe. So there is this awesome themed storytelling sort of flavor, pun not intended, to what they sell. And let me read you one of their coffee descriptions from their website. Skinwalker Espresso is inspired by the infamous shape-shifting Skinwalker legend. Skinwalker Espresso is a special blend of Costa Rican and Sumatran beans, roasted on two different levels to bring out the dark, bold taste of espresso with the full, rich flavor of Central American coffee. This blend truly is the shapeshifter. And the other flavors they have are Sasquatch Cinnamon, Witching Hour Citrus, Dark Theory, and E.T. Vanilla. You have to go check it out. It's such a cool site. All the descriptions sound awesome like that. And I know you'd be super into it. 
So go to blacktrianglecoffee.com to get yours. And for 30 days from this broadcast, you can get an extra 15% off your order when you use the code GTTUPODCOFFEE. You can also follow them at B underscore T underscore coffee on Twitter and at Black Triangle Coffee on Instagram and Facebook, where people leave reviews like this one. Unmatched flavor and character to these coffees. I enjoyed the Sasquatch cinnamon immensely. When passion meets craftsmanship, you cannot go wrong, and we couldn't agree more. So make sure you head to blacktrianglecoffee.com and use promo code GTTUPODCOFFEE for the next 30 days to get 15% off. That's blacktrianglecoffee.com. Okay, so let's move on. This is another question from Patreon. This is from Thomas. While viewing the Purge series of movies, I always think about all the other activities going on besides murder. If the Purge was real, what illegal activity would you both be tempted to do that does not include any form of violence? And he gives an example. Personally, he would like to see how fast his vehicle could go. Oh, that's a, yeah. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah, that's very wholesome. I like it. That is wholesome. I will say it, this kind of connects to the question of what horror things I find most scary. I find the purge very disturbing. That I think is sort of like a, a global sea change type yes. of moment. So where... it fits right into that slot of things for me that freak me out. I've actually only seen the purge too weirdly, and when I saw it, I had two nightmares about it in the same week. Oh wow! It freaks me out. Yeah, it is. It is. It's an interesting yeah. concept. I, I don't like upheaval. Of, I haven't seen many of the movies. You haven't seen many of them or you haven't seen any of them? Many. Yeah. I, I think I, I saw one of them with Ryan. Mm-hmm. I went to oh, the that's movies. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, boy, what would I do? I know. I'm trying to think what things I like I... that the part of the question is besides committing violence as if we would be like. I know. I, I've always wanted to find out what it's like to kill a man. I have a feeling Just Thomas. Just my heads around their head and squeeze. I have a feeling Thomas is letting us off the hook and being kind because he knew that we wouldn't want to answer anything about violence. So he's like, "Let me give these kids a little guideline." Probably, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what things would I do, but they're illegal. Um, you know, the fact that there might be anarchy going on would kind of prevent these things. So I'm going to put that aside. So I don't have to think too real world about it. But like trespassing places at night. I would enjoy doing. That's dangerous. That's what I'm saying. If we put aside that there's anarchy going on in the world of the purge. You've seen at least the trailers for these movies where people like deck themselves out with neon masks. Again. I'm putting that, that aside. That neon game from Batman Forever. I know they're the around purge. and about. Yeah. No, if I'm putting that aside and saying magical world where I'm just not going to get prosecuted for something, but there's also not danger, okay. I would like to go to places at night that you're not supposed to go to. Like what? I want to walk around the closed mall. I want to go to um, that little old town that's on River Road here. That's like old colonial houses. I want to go there at night and poke around in them. Yeah. Be very cool. I was actually just thinking about the fact that I want us to do, and I know you do too, that I want us to record an episode in a haunted place and just record the normal episode, and yeah. but just see if anything see happens, happens in the liminality yeah. around that. But I was thinking like, oh, I have to get in touch with somebody and arrange that, whatever. So if I could just do anything, we would just go do that lawlessly. Right. If the purge is on, we can just do a show wherever we want. Right. But- 
if I'm adhering a little bit more to Thomas's question and saying, if the purge is real and I have to operate within those confines and worry about the fact that, yes, if I break into the mall, the neon gang from Batman Forever is going to be there. So I can't go there. They are definitely like a purge gang. Yes. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. They're trolling the streets. What would I do that's also safe? Nothing. If the purge is going on, I am hunkering down. down. I am locked down so incredibly tight. Okay. See, that's where that's where I that's where I'm at too. Mm -hmm. Not only am I locked down, I am still able to let my freak flag fly. Okay. Because in my locked down house. I'm downloading everything that's ever been made. Oh, okay. Think, this is interesting. I think that the days of Kazaa and LimeWire mm-hmm. would be here again. Here again. In Napster's the back in business. I believe in paying the artist. Yes, Kristen. I do too. I believe that people deserve to get the the clicks and to sit through the ads, and I believe all that stuff. I do too. I really do. However, I'm not leaving my house during the purge. No. And the opportunity is there. I'm literally going to download every movie that's ever been made. Yeah. Does the Purge extend to online stuff, though? Like, would Oh, yeah, I guess it does. I guess yeah, it does. Why, why not? not? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The the internet is I not... I feel like you would have to be careful on the internet, and especially on LimeWire and things like that during the Purge. I don't know if LimeWire actually exists. Anymore. Let's say that it does. Okay. I feel like somebody's putting snuff movies on there, but they say that they're trolls, too. I think you have to be very careful. Quick because, question. Yeah. Why'd you go to Trolls 2 as the thing that I'd be downloading? For your daughter. Oh, you've got me. Yeah. Hey, you got me good. But I don't know why I didn't just say Trolls. Yeah, so Trolls 2. Still, trolls well, 2 World Tour. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know why? Why? Because at the start of uh, the lockdown, mm-hmm. uh, Trolls had been released and they put it on. Wow, I wonder if that actually. It blew up. I'm serious. Yeah, I, I think, know. Yeah. I wonder if that is. It kind of like wormed in my head. Yeah. yeah brains are crazy. But, um. Yeah, I ugh, the purge. I yeah, uh, I don't need the purge. God, no, no. I yeah, I I do love the idea of going to the mall at night. Yeah, I do. Boy, what was I watching the other night? I was watching a movie, and I've got a real low key obsession with places you're not supposed to be. Yeah, it's the best. Um, like uh, uh even just getting to be like backstage somewhere. Yeah. Even getting to be like on on like a film set that I have no part of, like I just want to see these places that exist that I have no right to go there. Have you? I, I sent you this YouTube channel um, a couple of weeks ago. I think it's called the Proper People or something like that. It's it's a YouTube channel of people who investigate abandoned places. I'm gonna find it right now so it doesn't drive everybody crazy. But um, I also love that. That's why I think that I've said it on the show before. Um, especially when quarantine was a little bit more intense. I was taking my dog crumbs to walk at old schools that were right. closed down because yeah. it's just so weird and like you're not supposed to be there and it's very fun. But also schools, nobody really cares. The schools are cool. I, I like yeah. miss the feeling of like going into like a giant auditorium. I have no reason they are cool. to be in there I, anymore. A room that just has a podium in it. Yes. You know? like, I, I want to go to town hall. You know, like I want to go to these like places that like I guess I could I guess I could go. I'm about to say the thing is you could go to town hall, but but there are people there. Yeah, that's the thing. You're not really just going to be able to like hang out and walk around. There are going to be consequences if you go to town hall. Um. So yeah, I uh, I I too enjoy going places that you're not really supposed to be in. At least not at that time. So I'd be very into that. I'm trying to find this channel. What the hell is it? Um. 
Maybe if I write it in. God, guys, I'm sorry. Kristen can't hack them. It is the proper people. Okay, it's the proper people. So go check that out. Their most recent video is from one week ago, and it is exploring the Cincinnati Mills Mall. Abandoned, yet still open. I do think that's rad. Yeah, it's awesome. I I, I would love to go to an abandoned mall. Yeah, yeah. And have it be guaranteed safe. Yeah, yeah, let's... Okay, so now let's move back over to our uh, Facebook group Secret Society questions. Sure. This is from Jamie. If you had to spend the night in lockdown, cue Ghost Adventures theme, at any allegedly haunted location, Uh where would it be and why? Got it. What? Stanley Hotel. Yeah, Stanley Hotel. Actually, it kind of plays into what we were just talking about, like a big empty thing. I would love to do that. Yes. So same, honestly, Stanley Hotel. Really? It's yeah, it's massive. You can't always have the same answer to these. You're things. right. Uh okay, let me think about something. I like else. how it's your Why problem are... to come up with a new one, not Yeah, me. I know. Well, you said it first, so it's fair. All right. Um let me see. What's a what's another like notoriously haunted place that I would Winchester like Mystery House. to Ooh, yeah. That would be very cool. Okay, the um the the Queen Mary ghost ship. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That has kind of a similar feel where it's like massive and during a lockdown, I'm assuming in this kind of scenario that it could just be us going through and sure. exploring it. Yep. I think that'd be very fun. It's docked. Mm-hmm. So not like I'm out at sea or whatever. It feels safe. I can get right off of yep. it. But like exploring to explore the innards of a cruise ship. I know. Yeah. Very Plus, cool. The Stanley Hotel and the Queen Mary are both sort of like fancy pants kind of places. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the the sort of upper class environment that's a little old a little off. and weird. Yeah. 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 That I do sounds too. Sounds very fun to me. I agree. Okay. So this is a question from Mirandia. What is your favorite ghost story? It can be a purely fictional story or one of that is supposedly true or even both. Hmm. Hmm, let me think what's something i come back to over and over again that i can just read stuff about um let's see i think it kind of used to be amityville and i think i'm a little amityville out yeah my perspective on it has also changed as an adult i I don't know about it i don't know what i think about it it, meaning like you don't know if it's like all a fabrication yeah i don't know if it was just a hoax right for just whatever reason. Yeah. Um, there are lots of things. I literally don't remember what I think about it. I have to look at it all again. There, there are some things that I think that sometimes people have embellished, but that the root of it may have been true, but then sure. they got carried away or something. Um, I don't remember if that's what I think about Amityville, but I, I feel I'm Amityville out. Uh, do you have anything that springs to mind? Yeah. I, uh, it's very modern. It's very recent, mm-hmm. but still, I think it's become my new go-to ghost story. The Haunting of Hill House, the Netflix series. Again, that's what I was going to say next. It is. Or The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, it's just so, it's like perfect. It's it's, it it's really upsetting. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It is very scary. I think that it is probably the closest uh, approximation of what a ghost is in my estimation. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal interpretation, that's like what that show has shown. Um yeah, I, I think it's very classy. Yeah, it is. It's a classy operation. It's scary, yeah. I might also say, as far as fictional stuff, The Shining. I seem to never be full. Yeah. I'll read or watch any kind of The Shining thing, you know, whether well, it's the actual movie or the book or Room 237 or Dr. Sleep. Did not care for the book at all, but actually loved the movie. I seem you? to, yeah. 
Oh. Mm-hmm. We did an episode about that on Patreon. Okay. Yeah, I loved it. I think it's great. So I want to do that uh, that double feature. I do too. Yeah. I do too. Um, double feature of Will and I watching The Shining and then Doctor Sleep back to back. But um, yeah, I seem to have an un- unquenchable thirst for The Shining. You know, we covered um, a while back on the show, we covered a hotel called the uh, the Mount Washington yes. Hotel. And there was the ghost of Carolyn Stickney who lived in her, you know, she picked the suite that she lived in. She had a balcony where she could look out over everyone. And like there, there's a historical aspect to Hill House and The Shining mm-hmm. where things have happened in this place for decades and you can read the individual stories. And I, I think I really love the idea of old ghosts and mingling with new ghosts. Yeah. And there's a whole hierarchy of ghosts that are happening in these places, like the, yes, the Overlook Hotel I love is that. packed. Hill House is packed. Yes, some and the ghosts have different ages, and they're yeah. from different I time periods. Yeah, um, but not only that, Hill House does something that I also think, honestly, Ghostbusters does that I really like and am afraid of, where something changes about you when you're dead. Mm-hmm. So in Hill House, there's yeah. a ghost known as the Tall Man. And the idea was that uh, in life, this guy felt very diminutive and he bricked himself into a wall like Cask of Montiato, the Edgar Allan Poe story. And in the spirit world, he grew big, almost as a compensation mechanism. Right. But the way that that plays is that there's truly a 10-foot tall, gangly ghost that floats through the halls. And so he he's human or was, mm-hmm. but he doesn't look right anymore right that scares me and in ghostbusters i was always interested and weirded out by the idea that the ghostbusters bust ghosts right but what you see them fighting are weird slimers and even in in, um ghostbusters 2 the scolari brothers are said to be two brothers that were put on trial and given the death penalty and so they were fried in an electric chair but so they're like warped. all human stuff. Yeah. But when the ghosts come out, they're giant puppets. Right. They're big, exaggerated, caricature-like puppets. And that always communicated to me from a young age, something happens to you when you're dead that makes you look wrong. Mm-hmm. And that really scares me. That is scary. I don't find being that I I kind of believe in ghosts and stuff. I don't think that happens. I think it. I I'm more inclined to believe something that we talked about in our hot takes episode, which is that maybe you age in the afterlife or right. maybe you don't. I just it doesn't make sense to me why your physiology would change in some way, but there's no reason for it not to because who knows what the hell's going on over there. Yeah, I mean, ghosts are also just depicted frequently as like becoming vaporous. Right. That's why, you know, uh, like in Casper, they just have those like weird, their body just goes like a tail. Yeah, right. Right. Of of smoke or whatever. Casper the Friendly Ghost, the movie actually, Bill Pullman dies Mm -hmm. in that movie in a very upsetting way. And when he comes back as a ghost, it's a, cartoony looking bill pullman and it's like yeah when you die your ghost form still kind of looks human right it looks human enough but it doesn't look right yes and i find that really alarming there's that like is a alarming. loss of identity or of self or you know we're alive and we're human so we're mm-hmm. very much identified by our physiology right we have skin and bones and muscle and 
the idea that like this isn't really what we are, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. when our spirit lingers yeah. on, like is maybe that's what we really are. Ugh. We're really, I'm a really a big fat big puppet, puppet. Scalari brother. Yeah, right. You know? I don't like it. Isn't it weird? Yeah, it is That's weird. That's the kind of stuff that I used to think about as a child. Yeah, Without yeah, being yeah. able to like put it, without being able to verbalize Articulate it, it that you know? way. <laughs> yeah, so it's just unsettled and just knocking around in there. Yeah, just, just like all those ideas like folding in on themselves. Yeah. <laughs> like as I was a little boy watching <laughs> and, Ghostbusters and loving it. Right. But also being like, what does this mean? <gasps> what does this imply? Doesn't this mean something? This means something, right? <laughs> Okay, so Karen says, besides uh, Scream and Blair Witch, what have been your favorite topics slash episodes you have done up to date? And what topic do you wish you could revisit and expand? This is very interesting. This is very interesting. God. Favorite topic we've done to date. That is tough. I know. I feel like I need to kind of scroll through our topics a little bit to just kind of refresh my memory because we've talked about it a million times, but I, I, a memory wipe happens I know. after we do these shows a lot of the times. Yeah, it's it's absolutely true. Hmm. Well, you know what? Something I saw that we did revive already, and I will say I really enjoyed that, is anything having to do with the Dippick box. That yeah. was one of our kind of early-ish episodes, not really at the beginning beginning, but I remember that being really fun to talk about. Yeah, that was fun. Uh... uh Boy, let me. I'm just gonna as I'm looking for our list. Stonehenge. I like talking about um, things that people have turned into like B and Bs rather oh. than the event itself. Right. So rather than talking about like the Lizzie Borden murders or the Velisca Axe murders, talking about how th- somebody took that property and decided to make it an event space or a bed and breakfast right. or something like that. I find that very interesting. I kind of like taking a topic that could be sort of straightforward and finding a different angle to come at it. That's interesting. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, so I'm looking at things like, uh, actually we covered the queen Mary in episode 53. Mm-hmm. We covered Halloween and Michael Myers in 52. Ah, got it. Got it, okay. got it, got it. All Episode right, 45, my absolute favorite, strangest thing. I'm like proud of this discovery. Yes, I actually be proud of. I actually pitched this as a story, not for me to write, but to a friend who's a writer whose like, work is getting potentially turned into a movie, like yep. a, a, a pal. So episode 45 of Guide to the Unknown is called Chemo Jones and the Chupacabra Homepage. Yeah, this was some wild stuff. This was crazy. This was an episode that we didn't even plan to go the way that it went. Right. Um, where we were going to, I was going to cover this as part of our topic and Kristen had a whole other thing planned. Mm-hmm. But the more that we were talking, we just kept rolling with it. I found, weirdly, that I think it's Princeton. Yes, it is. Princeton University a you know a, a highly renowned mm-hmm. university secretly or or i think just forgotten to time yeah there's a forgotten website that is public um about the chupacabra it's called the chupacabra homepage where somebody who went to princeton university was documenting sightings of the chupacabra so weird and not only that it then spiraled into this whole thing about how there's a folk hero Named uh, Chemo Jones, named for Indiana Jones, which is why our episode is Chemo Jones and the Chupacabra homepage. And I made right. cover art that looks like an Indiana Jones, you know, movie or something like that. Uh, that is my absolute favorite thing. 
Yeah, I, that's I, a really good one. I love it. I downloaded all of those websites just to store them in case Princeton got tipped off by our episode that they were there at all. Mm-hmm. I think that the it's still live, which tells me that maybe there's somebody on the inside who kind of enjoys that it's there. Yeah, I would imagine. Right? I'm, I'm going well, to... Well, actually, I don't know. I, I, I like to imagine, but I, I think if you really boil it down, I think they've just forgotten that this exists. It's still on here. Princeton.edu If you Google If you yeah. Google the Chupacabra homepage, you'll find it. It's... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Princeton.edu slash tilde A C C I O N slash Chupa C H U P A dot HTML. It's so awesome. Uh, and it is fantastic. The Chupacabra homepage, a myth, a legend. All we know is that it strikes in the night and has a weakness for blood. It is such an old 90s style website. It is so charming. And the mystery of why is this here, why is this still here, is so interesting to me it really is so on either side of the web page it has black borders with white traditional gray alien outlines going down there are also sometimes random eyes that are um, popping up on the website it's so just of a time and so incredibly extensive i mean there are dozens and dozens of links here and it's just it's so weird that it lives on the princeton.edu website yeah it's on princeton's website it's crazy it's hosted by princeton right with the click of a button Mm -hmm. they could erase this entire thing yeah i'm so glad they haven't same i think i really think they just don't realize that it's there and i hope they never find out i hope they never find out but i also love Mm -hmm. talking about it and putting it out there i think it's wonderful the chupacabra homepage is my favorite maybe it is worth looking into and seeing if there's any new information to be gleaned so do you are you saying then that that is the topic that you wish that you could revisit and expand yes. on the most? This is? Yes. I don't know if there's anything to expand on beyond just like reading the articles, but I mean, I guess if we found Tito Armstrong who I made I guarantee it, you that I could do more to uncover more of the story or find Tito Armstrong who made it or something. I definitely could. I that that sounds very fun to me. Yeah. Uh, something that I would like to revisit and expand on is we have an episode called Paranormal Berkshires yeah. where Will and I and our spouses were staying in the Berkshires, like, I think just overnight or something. And we both looked up some um, scary stories from the area. I would like to go back there and actually visit those places and have it be kind of like a special ghost hunty sort of episode where we investigate them a little bit. I would love to do that too. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Cause I've, we've also found out a little bit more about the Berkshires since that episode, there was um, a black magic cult yeah. <laughs> in the area yep. that we did not know about when we recorded that episode. So I would like to do research with that in mind specifically. It's true. And then maybe go to the area where they apparently had kind of like a retreat center. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd like to expand on that. Yeah. There's a, uh, a very fun show that Kristen and I got to be a part of called No Man's Land that goes a lot into mm-hmm. the the sort of legends surrounding the Berkshires. So it'd be right. very fun to follow up. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of this stuff. And also because we love the Berkshires so much. And that episode, Paranormal Berkshires, which is number 49, is like not great. We, we all were. Berkshires is 43. 43. We all weren't really feeling good on that trip. We're all like right. kind of just like, Meh. so I feel like we didn't do the Berkshire's justice. Yeah, we didn't do it right. Yeah. I, yeah, that sounds fun to me, especially with the way that we covered like the legends of Somerset County. Right. Where I feel like we got to such a granular level with local folklore. I would love to do that with the Berkshire's. Me too. Kind right. of 
turn that eye on yeah. the Berkshires. Okay, so Karen has a second question, and I think that this is going to take us on out. Karen says, how do you guys prepare to record an episode? It seems on YouTube lives like you and Will are just chatting effortlessly away about your topic without spending too much time on your notes. Does it help if the topic is interesting or do you guys have a photographic memory? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I would love to say I had a photographic memory. I know. I, I do not. I don't have one either. Um, so the way that we prepare, I will say for myself, is I do my research mostly with things online, depending on the topic. Sometimes I'll you know watch a show about it. Sometimes I have a book somewhere that's about the thing. So I will start. Here's a hot tip for you if you don't know this. If you use a Kindle, there is a Kindle app that you can get on. This will only work on your desktop computer, I believe. I don't think it'll just work on your Kindle device. Um, there's a Kindle app and you can search for a certain word in the book that you're reading. So for instance, when uh, we covered the Mount Washington Hotel, I had just read the book Life with the Afterlife by Amy Bruni, and I knew that it came up in a scattered way in the book. So I searched the word Washington in the Kindle book on my desktop. To only and then, get hits for what you wanted. Exactly. And yeah. then I kind of looked through there to, to find what I found. And um, I write my notes. You can actually see them if you're a Patreon member. I That's another Patreon thing. It's not that big a deal, but I do it because it's kind of fun. Um, every Wednesday, I post a screenshot of my notes for the show, and that's literally what I'm looking at as we record. Um, I try to not write in too conversational a way where I'm going to be glued to my notes. I try to give myself enough context that I'm going to know what I'm talking about, but that I can kind of look down and then kind of talk to Will and talk about it naturally. Yeah, I'm pretty obsessed with finding, you know, sometimes we'll cover a topic that is not my personal bag, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I always try to find the thing that interests me. Yes, I should say that too. I might not always cover like what maybe another show would cover. But yeah, I mean, I I think that we try to make the show something that will be interesting and fun for us. So I sometimes skip things that I personally find dry or whatever and zoom in on what I find like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And that helps in the note taking because that means that my notes are just loaded with Things that are, are to me at least, personally interesting, or I know I can spin into a yarn or yes. some weird thing. But I'm really obsessed also with keeping it pretty like light and fun. Mm-hmm. So whenever I write my notes, I usually, like you, will have just like a bunch of bullet points that sometimes it's a little factoid that I know I can, uh, you know, yeah, you know well enough and to just talk about. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I so do that the way same I'm thing. not constantly reading my notes and that way we get to have a conversation about it. I also like finding things in my research that are less things to tell you and more things for us to discuss mm-hmm. so that it becomes like a back and forth. Yeah. Um, I, you know, no shade on shows that do extensive research. I think those are incredibly valuable. Absolutely. But Guide to the Unknown to me is like a party about these things. So. You know, what are the kind of facts that you would tell just your friend? That's yeah. that's what I try to do here. Right. And that is why I also think that it doesn't happen much. This is like maybe 1% of the time that somebody will be like, they don't even know what they're talking about. And it's because we didn't mention something. Or, But it's like, that's not what this show is. This show is like enjoying and celebrating these topics rather than studying them so intensely yeah. or dryly or anything. Exactly. I sometimes find myself getting into um, a patch where I'm like writing the dates of things and like 
being like, oh, I need to be very, very accurate about this. Right. I still try not to be like flippant about things, sure. but I have to remember that I want to talk to my brother about this right. and have fun. Like, what would I tell you about this thing mm-hmm. in general if nothing else was going on? Would I be telling you that this happened on this date in this town? No, I'd be telling you a UFO landed in this place. It was really crazy. It was muffed up. Yeah, it was muffed. <laughs> And um, yeah, so I also tried to lean on what will be fun to talk yeah. about about this or interesting. Exactly. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, if you watch a show, I am looking at my computer or my phone, you know, a decent amount and then looking up at Will. So yeah. I don't have a photographic memory. Neither does Will. But I just try to write things in a way that I can take a look at where I am in time as far as how like the order of things that I'm saying and be like, OK, it's that thing. Here's another cheat, then, though. Yeah, I think this is a good thing. Uh, I think that we are so used to doing the show live yeah, that we are, we need it to be done in one take. Mm-hmm. You know, something might go wrong where we need to edit something out, but usually we have the urgency of people watching us live spurring us on, even if we flub something. Yes. So I think that really helps. We got into a, 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 a good habit when we started podcasting together years ago, like seven, eight years ago of, um, you know, I used to record shows where we would record a little bit, then stop, then come back to it, whatever. But once we started trying to do live shows a million years ago, it was like, no, no, no. Those days have to be gone then. Mm-hmm. We have to be capable of hitting record and going for an hour. Right. So I think that we have always been in the mindset on Guide to the Unknown of we're going to be having fun for the whole hour straight through. And I think that helps the way that we write our notes and the way that we refer to our notes so that you can quickly glance over and then just throw a quote, mm-hmm. you know, at each other, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's nice that it comes across, I guess, like we I'm are glad. so effortless. It's definitely effortful. Yeah, it doesn't feel effortless, no. really. Um, so thank you for saying that. The recording feels fairly effortless, I will say. When we're sitting here recording, that's not effort full to me the preparation is effort the preparation is but effort doing it is i not. do also think there's a certain amount of pressure to tell your story right like well, i will yeah. also paste my notes so that it's in like a story format i know where it begins and ends same. so it's exciting same i will yeah. also say another little tip um in case it applies to anybody is that um i try to break my notes up so that it's not a big long paragraph where i can't if I am telling William something, I need to go back and look at the next thing that happens. Mm-hmm. I'm not searching the middle of a paragraph. I kind of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm bullet pointed out like, whoa. Yeah. I'm not bullet pointed, but I just have spaces between things a lot. Yeah. So that kind of helps me. So thank you for saying that, Karen. Thank you very much. Give me one more. I want Yeah, more. I know. Let's say I kind of want like a zippy one to end on. It's going to be tricky when I start back up in this for the next listener questions episode, because we definitely have more uh, yeah, and more questions. More. I, I like answering questions. This I do too. Yeah. It is fun. And, the, and you guys submitted a lot more, which is really awesome. Okay. So let's end with this one from Patreon that Choyette asked. Okay. She said, so y'all might have already answered this one, but just in case you haven't, how do you feel about meta horror movies? We know Scream is a fave, but movies like You Might Be the Killer from 2018 or Cabin in the Woods from 2011. Have you seen You Might Be the Killer? No, I I don't know about that. That's interesting. Yeah. That's one to check out. Hmm. Okay. I feel good about them. I feel good about them too. I actually just rewatched Cabin in the Woods like two weeks ago. Uh, and it was great. I love, love. What a flick. Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Actually, Bobby and I made a, uh, a video essay right. called Everything Right with Cabin in the Woods, which is very much a reaction to all of those channels that are like, 
a million things wrong with mm-hmm. Star Wars. And they like sort of nitpick things. It's yeah. for the sake of comedy, but still it's nitpicking. Yeah. So we made a video that's just straight up, again, party stuff, right? Like yeah. straight up celebrating how Cabin in the Woods like crushes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so go check that out. Yep. Uh, it's on YouTube.com slash Talk Bomb. But no, I, I, I love that sort of thing. I, I think do too. That, um, I think it, it, there are times where it goes a little bit too far, especially if they're trying to be too cute or funny with it. I definitely know that there are examples of meta things that I can't call up specifically, but where I've been like, Whoa. right? you know, like scary movie meta stuff the yeah, movie scary true. movie yeah, yeah, yeah. but in general i don't know I, I like a referential horror thing so do i here's here's an interesting one for you so scream what is is widely cited as the one to get meta in the first place yeah you know that that's not really it, true yeah but it's it, it's the big one it's the it's made a big boom right um scream in the sequel, in Scream 2, they start doing a thing about the stab movies, mm-hmm. where now there are movies within the Scream universe based on the events of Scream. By the time you get to Scream 4, you've got about a 15-minute intro where you meet two characters. Oh, that was a, scre- a stab movie. Then you meet your real characters. No, 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 that's another stab movie. So it was a movie within stab, within Scream. That, I think, might be going too far for me. Yeah, I just agree. Bit, right? Yeah, I don't love that. It was, it was just too much. Yeah. Um, but in general, as, as a thing, without just going into specifics, I would say thumbs up. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm into uh, stories that break the, the you know, conventional mm-hmm. rules of storytelling. So I'm I, about it. I also think it's partially because horror is something that's like not really niche, but like semi-niche and that people really value knowing a lot about. So it's kind of fun to be in on the references in a meta thing. You're like, I get this. You're part of the... I understand what's happening here. And it's fun. Like, it's not even necessarily that it makes you feel like, oh, I get it. But it's like, oh, I get it. They get it too. We're speaking the same language. It's fun to hear somebody talking about this. A thousand percent. Love it. Something that... So this is not... Uh, entirely related to the question, but something really interesting that I wasn't aware of. And I wonder if some of you out there are aware of it and maybe you even use this. Um, Amazon, I think they did this accidentally. The version of Cabin in the Woods that was on Amazon Prime at least a couple of weeks ago, the just default version when you hit it had, uh, oh God, what do you call it? There were like audio cues for people who are visually impaired. Oh, really? So Ryan and I played it and I haven't seen Cabin in the Woods in a while. And I was like, is this part of the movie? Because it is a meta kind of referential movie. So there will be there. The intro happens, whatever it is, it's a D whatever a D stands for. Um, the intro happens and the intro is kind of referencing something that happens later in the movie where it's like blood kind of running through cracks. So there's music, but then you could hear a voice saying like, uh, cracked stone with blood running through the cracks. And then it would be like the bald man with coffee catches up to the other man. And then they were talking like that actual characters in the movie are talking to each other richard jenkins and bradley whitford yeah. whitford and um yeah at first i was like is this a thing where it's like there's a narrator of this and i just completely don't remember it but no it's for people who are visually impaired to enjoy a movie oh so it just tells you what's happening on screen i don't think i even knew that that existed i had no great. idea that it existed yeah. until i think I, it had to be an accident it was just what amazon had on there wow um, we did had watch to the whole movie with them. No, we had to kind of like go through some stuff to get the version that didn't have it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Wow. I had no idea, and it was really cool that that exists. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, 
That's a great resource. I know. Yeah. So yeah, if, if that could be useful to anybody in any way, that's that's out there. You Maybe you have to usually do a little bit more specifically looking for it. Hell yeah. But it's a thing. If it brings more people to Cabin in the Woods. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sending in your questions. We really hope you enjoyed the episode. And like I said, there's going to be a part two, at least a part at two. At least a part two. I would love to do more of this. I, yeah. I think it's it, this flu. To me, this it flew did. by. It completely did. I, I hope our answers were interesting it. enough for people out there that it also flew by for them. Because yeah. honestly, this hour, mm-hmm. I, I can't believe it's already over. No, same, same. Yeah. So thank you so much. If you have any other questions for us, by all means, you could email them to us at gttupod at gmail.com. And even if they're not in this like next batch, we hang on to all those sorts of things and they will pop up later. Yep, we're keeping everything. Yeah. Keeping tabs on you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Make sure you go to gttupod.com to check out all the stuff I talked about before. The Patreon page, which you can also access at patreon.com slash gttupod. Also the Facebook group, the Guide to the Unknown Secret Society. We have merch. We have all kinds of cool stuff. And we'd also really, really appreciate it if you told your friends about the show and invited them to this party we're having. You can tell your enemies. Yeah. You, you know, know what? Why not? Come together. Rebuild that bridge. Mm-hmm. Also, make sure you check out the Chupacabra homepage. Yep. Still there. Yeah, it's still kicking. Still there in 2020, at least, as of this recording. <laughs> Pretty rad. It's awesome. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Mm-hmm. We will see you again in the future. We're about to become part of your past. Yeah. So until next time, we must travel. Back to the netherworld. Go we. Let's go have another world party. Time to go. Time to go. Time to go. Let's go to there. Time to go. Let's go to there. What'd you say? Don't go to there? No, I said let's go to there. Okay. Bye. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. Yeah, that was awesome.